the Modern Black Man Podcast. Welcome to another episode of my. Today I have a very uh, special, uh, Mr. Carol Porter. How you doing tonight, good sir? Man, I'm blessed. Man, really uh, grateful and thankful for you taking the time out to uh, join me for the episode tonight. Um, you're definitely the person uh, whose brain I want to pick uh, and just talk about some of these some of these teams we got in town. Um, but before we get to that, before we get to the heart of the discussion, um, I want to get to know a little bit more about you and how you uh, kind of got started in the game uh, and how you got to w- WLVS. And um, I know you have a podcast as well. I want to promote that and just, you know, uh, a man of many, many trades. How'd you kind of get started? Uh, it's kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully you can hear me well. Uh, sometimes my signal fluctuates where I am right now. But um I started out uh, coaching. Uh, I played football back in high school, uh, loved it. Uh, ended up coaching the Boys and Girls Club up in Silver Spring, Maryland. And at the current at that time, I had a job that my schedule changed. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I wasn't uh, able to coach anymore. So I just uh, on Sundays watching the game, I would get on Twitter and just you know critique the game and just put my thoughts out there in the you know Twitterverse or whatever. And uh, one day, uh, some uh, a local blogger hit me up, you know, asked me what I consider writing because I have a lot of insight and had a lot of knowledge. And I, you know, never written anything before in my life, you know, had no journalism experience. So I said, hey, why not give it a shot? So I started writing. He was editing my work uh, at first, started out getting around three to four hundred reads on my articles. And he gave me a key piece of advice to write like you're speaking to someone one on one and having a conversation. And once he gave me that uh, piece of advice, my readership went up from 300 reads a week to almost 2,000 reads a week just by me promoting myself and, you know, sharing the link on Twitter, putting it on Facebook. So most of the things that I've accomplished, I've gone, gotten through social media and just making connections with people uh, online that I, honestly I've never met in person. But we have a, a relationship that's built on, you know, years and years of us, you know, talking about the craft and just building relationships and networking. And that led to uh, me dropping my articles in some Facebook groups. Then someone from True Radio Network, uh, Brian Carr, he had a show, uh, Hertz House. He's taking a, hi- a hiatus right now. His show was on Wednesday nights, and he was strictly Redskins. And he uh, he hit me up one day and asked me what I'd like to come on his show. He's been reading my articles, and he liked my point of view and the way I you know broke things down. So we uh, linked up. I called into his show, unscripted, no rehearsal. Uh, for like three or four shows, and uh, I I never listen to any of my shows after I do them. I never I, because you can't you can't go back in time, and you you always your toughest critic. So I rarely go back and listen to any of my shows unless we have like a special guest on something. I want to check it out and uh, you know see how it went. But uh, went on his show, killed it, and then uh, one day I was kicking it with some of my fellas, and I played it for him, and it was like you know damn you should uh you know have well actually it was my cousin who uh, I had to give him credit because he's the one to put the idea in my head about me doing my own show. And he was like, you know, you uh, you could be on, you know, ESPN or on the radio the way you talk about sports. So I uh, I have a couple of groups on Facebook that I run, political groups and sports groups. So I put the question in a couple of groups. If I did a sports show, would uh, you guys listen? And uh, ironically, the Hurt uh, from Net- True Radio Network was in one of the groups that I put that I put the word out in. 
he hit me up uh, again and was like, do you want to do a show? I was like, you know, I'm thinking about it. He contacted the CEO of True Radio Network, and within an hour, he hit me back and said, hey, you got a show. So <clears throat> I went back wow. to my groups and said, okay, I'll have a show rolling out such and such, such and such. And one of my Facebook friends, Robbie Gross, who I originally started Sports on the Hill podcast with, uh, he hit me up. We had spoke several times throughout the years, just on sports, nothing major. We hadn't, you know, really had any major connections, but he hit me up and said, hey, congratulations on getting the show. He has some producer background. He's an IT specialist. He could set up a website and, you know, help with running the social media aspect. And from that point, me and him linked up, you know, we agreed to, you know, start Sports on the Hill podcast, which can be heard Monday nights on True Radio Network from seven to nine. Sometimes we go a little bit longer when the overtime and you can uh, stream it live. You can catch our Facebook live simulcast on a stream live on Facebook. I'm working on IGTV also. So we're on all platforms. I have my own YouTube channel, Carol Porter the Third, with three eyes. You can follow all the simulcasts. I highlight videos. I make my own beats. I do my own commercials. I've dropped a couple of tracks with a new artist. So it, uh, we double dabbing a little bit of everything, but getting back on track to how we got here. Uh, yeah, Robbie Gross and myself, we started out, you know, our first year. We, uh, we, we consider ourselves more than a podcast. You know, when people hear podcasts, they think of, you know, some guys just sitting in the basement, you know, cracking jokes and smoking, smoke, taking bong hits and, and just, you know, fooling around. But, we, we we set our show right. up like a like a TV show. We have time windows. We you know we schedule our guests. We have a steady flow of content. We don't just cover you know the Redskins. We cover all DC sports. We cover the Redskins, the Nationals, the Capitals, the Wizards, the DC Divas, the football team that folks don't know about. They won uh, two two out of three Super Bowls in the last five years. Uh, we cover the uh, Washington Valley. We have press credentials for them. The new Arena League team that ironically won the Arena Bowl last year after they went 2-10 and 10 in the season and shouldn't have made the playoffs but found a way to win the whole thing. Uh, we also cover uh, a, a gambit of everything from college sports. We have a, a, a NCAA football correspondent. We have a boxing. I have a boxing expert. I have an MMA expert. So we cover a vast gambit of all sports, and we our team has grown from just Robbie and myself to a team of almost 15 right now of folks that have insight, knowledge, and love and love what they do and have a passion for it. And this isn't, you know, a job for anyone. We haven't started getting the income streaming yet, so everyone is doing this out of the want to do it. They see the vision. They see what we're right. building, and they see the vision that I have where this is going. And uh, we all have a dream. We all love what we do. We all love our sports. And uh, we want to take it as far as we can. We I have an apparel line also, Sports on the Hill Apparel. You can check that out. Uh, we have hoodies, hats, T-shirts. You know, appreciate any support they could be given. Because, uh, you know, we do have some costs that do come out with running a website. And, you know, some, some of the Absolutely. events we're about to start throwing. So be on the lookout because Sports OTHP is definitely going to be on the radar and uh, with the WLVS aspect of it, with True Radio Network, <clears throat> which we uh, have a vast family of about 40, we have all types of programming. We have sports. We have a political show with a Black GOP, who's the owner, CEO of the True Radio Network. His show was on Tuesday nights at 8. He's a, a, a Black Republican, you know, which is a rare thing, but he knows his stuff, and he's been in the political arena for a long time, and I challenge anyone that has any political views that want to you know, go up against someone that has some knowledge is actually going to give you some answers. Check them out on Tuesday nights. Uh, Wednesday nights, we do our rebroadcast of our WLVS show, which we uh, 
split up into sports, politics, current events, entertainment, music, fashion. You know, we we uh, cover, like I said, a cover of Vast Gamble. We have different guests. We actually had a comedian, that uh, a sexual comedian that's changing the game. She's from Baltimore. She came on. She came on our show mm. a couple of weeks ago. Now she's booked at the Red Lounge on Monday night. So if anyone's in the town, want to see some different type of comedy that you never I can guarantee you've never heard before. Go check it out. I believe it's that <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, we gotta talk about this. You said she's a sexual, sexual comedian. comedian. Yeah, she I, I'll just give her a little tease because she does have her uh show on Monday. She she is a female that's bisexual that actually mm. it's this thing called I don't know if you guys I I, I don't know how advanced you are because I just found out about it myself called Peggy, where she's actually penetrating <laughs> dudes and they like it. And yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't get jiggy with that. That's I don't wild. understand it, but I'm glad I don't because if I did, that means I would like it and that's not in my repertoire. So, yo, I was just at a sex party uh, last night, right? Um, me and my lady. And there was a, a female at the party and she was talking mm-hmm. about that. So, I think that's like that's like one of those subculture things that's really popping out this way. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't want no parts of it yeah. I, for myself. I mean, yeah, I don't. No judgment. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. What you want to do is up me. to you, <laughs> but that is not something that's on my bucket list. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. But uh, right. yeah, we've uh, we've grown. We were actually uh, Listen Vision WLVS Radio has actually been in existence for over 28 years. They're the largest internet radio provider in the country. And we actually were the fastest syndicated show on their network ever. We were syndicated after a month. We can actually be heard in uh, West Virginia on uh, Jet Radio uh, every Friday afternoon uh, from 5 to 6. You can, uh, If anybody's in the West Virginia area, you can hear our simulcast on Friday nights uh, on Jet Radio. And we have True Radio simulcast every night of the week. I believe Sports on the Hill podcast gets played on Thursdays. And you can tune in if anybody's in West Virginia from five to six every day of the week, and you will hear some true radio network broadcast coming to you. That's what I'm talking about. So uh, thank you. Um, I appreciate you kind of just letting us know, uh, you know, projects that you work on and experiences that you've had. Uh, I really wanted to kind of discuss What's going on with y'all's teams, oh, man? Oh, brother, my brother, my uh, brother. That's, I want to start with these Wizards, man. I bought a season ticket pass. Uh, they lose. They lose. I, I, I think I've only seen them win one or two games, man. Why they losing? Well, are you talking about the Wizards? Well, well actually, the Wizards, well, actually, the Wizards have won seven of the down. last ten. Yeah, they're actually the hottest team in the city right now. Ironically, after John Wall went out and Markeith Morris went out and all the trade talk with Bradley Bill and Otto Porter, They've actually won seven out of ten and actually, you know, almost at 500, which, you know, will be a statement for this team coming from where they were. Uh, my my issue with the team is – go ahead. I was just going to ask, how many games are they behind uh, 500? they got to be at least six. Uh, let me look real quick. we got this. 21 to 27, I think. I don't uh, know. Let's see. I think the last time I checked when I did the show Wednesday, they were 21 and 26, I believe. But uh, let me pull it up, get the current. Uh, standings. I should have had my phone ready. They actually play San Antonio at uh, seven o'clock. They are twenty-one and twenty-seventh, ninth in the East. They were like thirteenth yeah. like two weeks ago. So they've been, like I said, they've won seven out of ten. They well, six out of four. They just lost. Uh, I think they lost when they won uh, Friday uh, last Friday 
I mean, Friday against Orlando, 95 to 91, and they play San Antonio uh, tonight at 7 o'clock. And um, there's been some talk. I'm a, I'm on the record as being a John Wall fan. If it comes down to Bradley Bill and John Wall, I would rather keep John Wall because I believe any two guard that has a max contract should be averaging 25, 5, and 5. And and <laughs> Brad he, uh, quite well, since John has been out, he has taken over the team and he has been playing with had, uh, I believe, three triple-doubles this year. So he's stepping up. The problem is, I was about to say, is I think they need a veteran in that locker room to get all of these young, talented players that has always been at the top of their game in college and don't want to, you know, play their role. And I think that's what the big issue with this team is you have these young guys that don't have anyone to follow and they don't have any leadership. And I think if they can get that, along with getting Ernie Grunfield out the damn GM seat, because I don't know how he still has a job. I think he has some uh, dirty pitches on Taylor Johnson or something, because there's no way in the hell what his record as GM and some of the decisions he's made that he should still be in that position. And he been in the seat for like yeah, 30 I think years or something? Like yeah, I think it was like 13 absurd. years. And, but remember, when Leon was with the Capitals also, he stuck with George McPhee for 13 years. And the first year he go with McClellan, they win the Stanley Cup. Mm. So change change might be in order. Definitely, okay, definitely. Okay. That, that's what I believe. Like I said, I'm not a real NBA guy. If I uh, Robbie, my co-host, and he has a roundtable that they talk NBA, I chime in every now and again because I watch from afar just to – throw some controversy out there because honestly I can't stand the NBA game right now. There's no fundamentals, the flopping, the flavor like BS calls. I, I, I can't stomach it. I can't even watch the play. I might watch the state because I like Steph Curry. I might watch select players, but once Kevin Garnett retired, which was one of my favorite all players, I really pretty much gave up the NBA. They play Midwest prep school ball in the NBA that, now. It's all threes and flopping. I mean, it, it's it's <laughs> I, I watched – I came up – see, I'm an older, you know, older gentleman, so I came up on 90s basketball when, you know, you had folks throwing elbows and having uh, knotted up eyes and getting oh, no. flavored and just getting the flavor one and still being to stay in the game. So this stuff, you get plucked on the ear right. too hard, they call it the flagrant one. So you played Arch and Rival on Nintendos, what you're saying? You remember uh, that game? I, I could Arch never Rivals. play basketball. All I, I was always a madhead. I could never stay in front of the dude with the ball. I could never – I would always get dusted. I could never play basketball on any on any uh, game's yeah. console. But football, I'd tear some ass up in some football. So you kill them on Madden, huh? You don't play with the Reds? Oh, teams, I though. would kill with the Reds. Even when they sucked on them on, on real life. Oh, when – I'm, I'm a coach and I'm a – I'm a, I'm a, you know, aficionado with a game. I study X's and O's. I break down film. You know, I ran defense for the Boy and Girls Club. I changed their – Defense from a five three to a forty six, like the old Buddy Ryan defense, and we won the uh, championship the first year. So I study film and I study tape. So if I'm playing a game, that's why I used to love Madden so much because Madden was like a real football game, and you had the flute stuff that you can get away with stuff. But if you know how to play X's mm-hmm. and O's, you can shut that stuff down even with the glitches in the game. And that's what I and that's what I used to do. Right. I had folks bringing in ringers to my house and would leave dejected with losses on their record because they thought they was coming over and bringing somebody that can beat me. And no, it wasn't going to happen. So let's talk about NFL. Let's talk about – let's start All with right. the Redskins. Well, Alex Smith's going to be out for the next season. Uh, I just saw the story come across today. He's going to be out for the yeah. 19 season. Uh, who 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 do y'all have? Who's the, well, who's I the pretty backup? much figured his career was over. 
after the injury because I was actually at that game. Ironically, my uh, me and my co-host, that was the first game we had attended on at the uh, of the season of the of our Sports on the Hill podcast show. And ironically, was the game that his basically, I believe, his career, and not just because of the injury, but because of the mental aspect. Because if you, uh, ironically, it was the anniversary of Joe Theismann career in the leg injury, and he said that it was damn near impossible for him to get back on the field just for the mental aspect of what happened on the field, you know, having all of that happen and then being back in the pocket and not being jittery and not being scared. So from my point of view, I stated on the record after it happened that I felt that his career was over with where he is at his age at 34 with the physical aspect and the rehab and the fact that he had an infection after the fact and then and then just the mental yeah. aspect of him you know, having to go back on the field and have people running around his leg and running and swarming at him, he's going to, I think he's going to be shell shot. I think his career, you know, I, I said it, you know, I was hoping he was for the best, but with the mental aspect and the physical aspect and the point of career where he is, I didn't think he was coming back. Now to answer the question about who the Redskins can get, I mean, you have some decent free agents out there. I know Teddy Bridgewater is going to be out there. And as I haven't really studied the class, we were actually going to talk about some of that on Monday night show when, uh, Dujanae, our correspondent that covers NCAA football that was at the Senior Bowl, was going to break down some of the prospects tomorrow night. And we were going to talk some free agency later on in the offseason once the Super Bowl was played. So I haven't really got a chance to look at the, the free agent market, but I know one of the key guys that I come in is Bridgewater. Colt McCoy is supposed to be back, you know, by the time the start of the season. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they can always draft. I know there was uh, rumors of them thinking about trading up to get the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I believe his name is Kyler Murray. Like I said, Kyler I'm, not a, Murray. I'm not an NCAA guy either. I have political reasons why I don't watch the NCAA, so we have correspondents that cover that. But I know uh, I've seen some things come across my uh, my my timeline saying that Kyler Murray, that they would think about trading up for him uh, once he declared for the NFL because he's a two-sport athlete. And from what I saw before, he was going to play baseball, but he changed his mind and uh, he's going to play football. So, uh, there's a lot of possibilities. It's too early to tell with the season not even officially over yet and seeing how things fall out with free agency, with the draft, with, you know, just to see how things go. So it's too early to tell. But all the disarray that you hear in the sports media, you know, the optics are bad. You know, folks talking about fire Bruce Island, talking about the curse of Daniel Snyder. It's honestly, D.C. sports fans are frustrated with losing I thought after the Capitals won the Stanley Cup last year, it would be a little bit better because, you know, we, you know, finally got the 25, you know, 20 plus years of not having a championship, a major sports championship in this city. You know, I thought that would help with some of the sports fans. But, no, some of these folks are still, you know, emotional, which is understandable. I used to be an emotional fan, but once I got into the sports media aspect, I've learned to take all the emotion out of it and, you know, look at it as it is objectively. And that's how I write and that's how we do our show because that's the motto, DC Sports Without the Politics. We don't do all the anonymous sources and all the opinionated BS you get on ESPN and uh, some of the sports media in this area. We give you the facts. We give you people that's knowledge, what it's going to tell you, why it's not going to try to spend the, the media cycle to try to get you click on some clickbait so they can get their advertising dollars up. I know that um, this town. Repeat that story. I couldn't hear you. You broke up a little bit. I was saying that this town historically struggles with their sports, and I think it's because of the party scene. It's lit. DC's 
party yeah. central. I mean, everywhere you go, it's so easy to just jump into it. Um, do you do you think that that's do you think that's part of what I've, what's ruining all the I've, franchises? I wouldn't say ruin it. I I've said that for a long time, and nobody wanted to hear me because think about it in L.A. and New York, everybody say, well, New York and L.A. are pressure towns. Why they don't have those issues? Well, L.A. and New York. After midnight, you can still find cultural stuff to do. You can still have stuff to stay out of trouble in the yeah. city. After mid, after eleven o'clock, ain't nothing but trouble out in D.C. Because all you have is strip clubs or you know stuff where go goes where you know things get heated. You know you have folks dancing and grinding on each other. Temper, tempers and then niggas getting shot in the hey, parking lot. <laughs> hey, that 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 unfortunately is a sad reality because I've lost a couple of my folks. In the parking lot I'm, at it's some wild. establishments, yeah, it's that's wild. why I, I'm a homebody. Yeah. I'm I'm doing four or five shows a week. If I'm not at work, I'm at home. If I'm not at home, I'm at work. So it, it's 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 crazy that you know not just here in the city, just all over this country, that you can go out to have a good time and end up in some situation, be not be not by any fault of your own, but because of somebody had a bad day right. and they decided to go to the trunk because they bartender told them they didn't have too much to drink, and next thing you know, you're on the news. I've actually had that situation happen. I've been in a couple of situations like that where a person has been killed in an establishment where I've been in and I've been like two or three people away from them and it ended up with sometimes blood on Wow. Them. So I've, I've seen wow. a lot and done a lot and that's why I think I have the mindset that I do because I've seen life taken away in a flash and I've seen, you know, how it can happen and I've lived, like the life I live now was totally different from you know, the life I came up living in my 20s and 30s. I was out there on the block. I was out there, you know, I had a job, but I was money hungry. So I was out there doing all types of things to make money, was running with all types of different people, and it had been in all types of situations. But I've been blessed by the man upstairs and by my smarts and been able to handle whatever situation came around me to be here. So that's why now I treasure where I am because I know it could have been a lot worse. And when I see other folks going down that same path, I try to at least give them some advice. I'm not going to tell them what to do because every person's going to do what they want to do. But I'm going to give them advice and be like, look, if you need to you know, think about this, put this in your back pocket. You ain't got to listen to me. But if it comes across your mind, just think about it because it's everything is all good until it's not. And then when you don't know when that's going to be, and if you're not ready for it, it's going to, it's going to ruin your life. Absolutely. So you know, I really appreciate you taking the time out and just kind of speaking with us and uh, giving us uh, all this information. I, I know that um, I, I'm new to the area. Um, I've been here about three months now. I got here at the end okay. of October, and I love oh, it's it. It's a crazy, love, it's a crazy area, bro. Yeah, uh, woo! It's coming it's in now. Yeah, coming in now. Yeah. Yeah, you make sure you hit me up if you decide to go out anywhere. I'd let you know what's what. I, see, see, I'm a homebody, <laughs> but I can always reach out and ask some folks, hey, what's up with this spot? And let me know, because that's, that's what I do. I work in Southeast. I work in the community. So it's, um, it's different. Uh, I came out here from Ooh. Midwest. So, yeah. So I just, I hate the congestion. <laughs> I hate the, the aggressiveness. Uh, of all the people, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm navigating. I'm trying to make my way. It's just uh, it's its own place. I mean, I've been coming out to D.C. for years, but uh, being here now and just kind of working in the community and uh, doing what I do, putting hands on it, it's you know you really see what's yeah. going on, and 
it's 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 no place like it, man. It's no place like it. I love it, but unfortunately, I hate it at the same time because because some right. of the stuff that goes on in this area is nonsense. Just like I saw, woke up this morning watching the news. I saw a triple homicide. Three people got killed. Two of them in the car. I'm watching the news. Okay, we've already had, I believe, it's 20 homicides already this this year. Then I get on my Instagram feed with one of my friends come to find out they was three folks that she knew. She's, you know, going through hell right now because of some nonsense that I just saw on the news that, you know, didn't even hit home to me. But because I know this person, I see this person on a daily basis. Now it's hitting somebody that I know close to me. And it, it, that's how sick it is. And it's probably over something stupid or something nonsense that these folks is just willing to take somebody's life over just because of their mindset. And that's a deeper issue for Like I said, we're here. To, I'm here to talk sports tonight. I'm not here to talk politics. So I, that's a whole mm-hmm. different gambit. Now we can, I can talk for hours on that. Well, uh, I definitely love to have you come back. Cause as you know, I mean, that's, that's what I deal with. I deal with young people and those hot headed uh, kids that are, you know, the, the victims and the perpetrators of, of, of all this. And it, it's not just education it's it's us as a community uh being active in these young people's lives i mean that's what's i think missing for 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 a majority of our young people is that they don't have the same consequences uh and and they're quite emotional um there's something wrong with the generation after us we you know and i think we have a responsibility to, to to reach out to these young people and help them manage uh, well, their emotions. To be honest, I, I can honestly wrap it up in a nutshell. I've been studying this. I'm I'm a single black male, no kids of my own. I have nieces and nephews that I love and take care of. I have uh, three three sisters. I have a mother that's still here. My dad passed away. So the issue that I see from my perspective is it's a vicious cycle of we don't have parents in the home anymore. We have people having kids mm-hmm. and it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And if you really, my, I'm going to go back to the feminist movement. The feminist movement had the black woman con- convinced that uh, a, a child support check will be good, be better than having a male in the home. And once right. that cycle started and then you raise trying to raise a boy to be a man always around women, and then they hear how women talk about men, and then they get that identity, right. and then the only people that they hang with, the only male romans I have are what? The drug dealers, the pimps, and the folks that's on the street that they run, in, run into when they're out there doing whatever. So the vicious cycle is, so then you have these folks that's, you know, getting in these relationships that aren't, that haven't had, a, that haven't seen a successful relationship, that don't know how to have a successful relationship or how to be in one getting in relationships over and over again and then in that way you're having kids and then you're just recreating the cycle all over again we don't like back in the day I, I make this joke with some I work with a lot of young folks and working with some young folks I do feel better that there are some folks that do see the big picture but I joke with them about you know back in the day when I was coming up we would have to you know ride around try to find a chick you know, try to get her have to have game to get the number, maybe talk to him two weeks later, maybe right. see him a month later, and then we'll try to get some, you know, after that. Now with technology and with the, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook, 
you like a pick in the inbox. Next thing you know, y'all going out. Next thing you know, you in the draws that weekend. You don't know her. You don't know what. But then, boom, she get pregnant. Now you're in a situation having to raise, you know, a child get ready to come in with somebody you don't know. And by the time that nine months is up, they realizing they don't even like each other. They don't even know each other. But now right. they're in a situation where they have to right. raise a child for the next 18 years and try to coexist when they don't want to even be with each other if they don't know who they are. And that's what I, that's what I see from the outside looking in, from all of my folks that go through the situation, from the folks that I see, from the stuff that you see on social media going back and forth, from folks be putting their you know, business out there. It's a vicious cycle, and until we, we as a people, can stop it and sit down and can learn to have an open discussion without getting offended or butthurt when somebody says something that hit home, because that's the thing. Folks get upset when they feel like you're calling them out because they did some things that you're saying in general, and it hits home, and they're like, oh, oh, so where, why are you saying that? And then the whole conversation changes from, why, why aren't we trying to fix this? Is somebody arguing somebody down? Well, you don't know what that person had to do to go through this because they're taking things personal. And I deal with that a lot when I'm dealing with the political conversation. Most of these Republican conservatives, they get butt hurt when you start letting them know that America was never great. That's the narrative that they want, that they want mm-hmm. you to hear. And it's the greatest lie ever told. And when I start breaking down why I feel that way and they can't defend their stance, that's when the name calling and, oh, you're mad because now you got to get off of welfare. You know, when all of that stuff come out. Right. And that's cool because they don't realize that they're dealing with the king of assholeness. See, I have facts, but I'm also a dude that don't give a fuck. I will talk, I will talk about yeah. your dead grandmama, your aborted fetus, your dead <laughs> puppy from when you were two. I don't care because you can't hurt my feelings because I don't have none when it comes to social media. So mm-hmm. when I get into these, like I had a situation the other day. I put out a post about I got these Republicans that don't believe in white privilege. So I put out a video, plain as they explained it. He's still trying to argue me down. I didn't have time for it. So like I said, I run a political group. So I tagged in a couple of them. Next thing I look up, that thread had over 500 comments. They going back and forth. I'm like, I don't have time for it because when you're dealing with someone that's closed-minded that already got their mind made up, it's pointless trying to talk to them because right. they don't believe in facts anymore with the ass hat in chief with this fake news. Now they have something they can hang their hat on because he say it. And now when you spit facts and even show people on documentation, they don't believe it. I know you say you didn't come here for politics, but you said <laughs> something really interesting. Well, we can talk about anything, man. Um, we can talk about anything. I mean, I'm scared. <laughs> it, it is a scary time. It is, but it's also, I mean, it's also a good time because I actually had, I actually had a, a great conversation with someone that's actually in a political game that ironically I just sparked up a conversation, but I, I saw it the same, I was looking at it the same way, but she pointed out that it's basically the same, it's basically a cycle. We aren't going backwards it isn't getting worse it's just now it's just more in your face because of social media and that that's all that's being talked about but the stuff that's going on isn't getting worse in the aspect of you have more people involved you have more people you know wanting to see change that are now like i say the light is now shining everyone's eyes that america is not great and everyone is upset at trump but i can't even be mad at him because all he is is the epitome of what this country is and has always been a powerful, rich white man that uses, excuse me, abuses minorities, using them to get rich, then demonize them, criminalize them, and then when things don't go his way, file bankruptcy and cry victim and ride off into the sunset. 
that's what this country has done. When folks was up in arms about the the uh, you know the the immigrants uh, getting separated from their kids and their families, talking about this this is outrage. This shouldn't be done. Um, slavery? Did we forget about that? <laughs> so this is nothing new. But folks is just it's in their face now, and they can't deny it. So now they're in shock and all like, oh my god, this is what this country has come to. No, it's what it's always country has always been, except for now your blinders are off. Now you're looking at it because it's affecting you. When you when 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 it doesn't mm-hmm. affect you, oh, you can give two fucks. But now that it's hitting home, and them folks went out without you know government, even some of the folks that were still talking and stuff during the government shutdown. Oh well, you know they'll be okay. But then when they realized that they couldn't do certain things and then had those same liberties to leave out the country and fly out the airport because over eighteen hundred TSA agents quit during the shutdown and they couldn't get people out safely. Oh, then they were upset. Oh, we have to end it. Oh, because you can't fly out of the country to go vacation somewhere. Oh, now something has to be done. But those folks that can't eat and have to decide between getting gas and getting food. Oh, you was like, oh, well, they'll be okay. It's crazy how this country is turned this way. You sound optimistic um, <laughs> that there that change is coming. I, I feel that it is because now we have now normally you know we would all we know politicians is dirty. We know politics is a dirty game, but nobody really cared. Everybody's like, oh, that's just the way it is. Now folks care, but especially with him in office and some of the stuff that's going on. You know some of the things that he's saying, some of the things that folks are agreeing about. Because you've worked, I work with people for you know that I work with for 10, 15, 20 years and seeing their post on Facebook and some of the things they say, I had no idea they were this prejudiced and, and racist and bigoted in certain aspects of their thought process. Like I said, I'm never going to label anyone a racist. I'm saying you have thoughts of that unless you're a blatant racist, then it is what it is. But I don't believe right. in labeling anyone because I feel that that's the main reason why we have this division in this country. Because once you find it easy to label yourself as a Democrat, Republican, rich, wealthy, middle class, black, white, it makes it easier to judge to, to label other people. And that's where prejudice and racism come into it. Just like having a two party system for all of these people thinking that all of these people are going to fit into only two classes. That's why I say until we get rid of this two party system we're going to repeat the same process because with the long-term politicians, the lobbyists and the status quo, nothing's going to get done because there's too much money involved. Once the money gets taken out of it and the power comes back to the people, but we have to stop getting distracted from every little thing from whatever Cardi B saying to whatever Donald Trump then tweeted out. They're doing it to keep us divided and distracted. So we can't get our collective minds together and realize that they're fucking us. And they're doing it with right. a smile on their face. I mean, that's that's politics. And I mean, this is the seat of power. They do it 24-7. Yeah. I'm, excuse me. I'm learning that. I've only been in the pol- political game for probably about 10 to 12 years now. My counterpart, as I said, uh, Black GOP, he's been in it for over 25, 30. So, He's able to stomach it. I'm still in awe of some of the stuff that goes down and the hypocrisy that gets uh, that's gets away with because it's politics. And I'm I'm just I'm just at a loss for words and some of the stuff that just goes on and happens just in the contrast of the eight years under Obama to the first two years under Trump, just the whole hypocrisy of the the thought process and the way they attacked Obama for any and everything that he did and accused him for most of the stuff that Donald Trump has done, 
but they have nothing to say about that. Right. Um, like I said, it's the reset button. This is the equilibrium because of Obama winning two <laughs> elections. They're going to do as much as they can and however much time they have. And it's it's scary because we haven't had a, um, an incumbent president fail to be reelected since Bush won. Uh, what was that, 88, 90? Uh, he was 86 to 90. Um, that's almost 30 years. So, I mean, Trump is most deserving to lose his incumbency, but um, I, I don't feel that I, that's that's what I'm uptight about. Well, I'm nervous, and I just feel like the trends, the cycle, uh, it, empirically, it's been proven to be true. And yeah, I just, it's scary. I, I pray it's scary. They, my uh, <laughs> black GOP, always joke with me to say that Trump's going to win in 2020. Now I keep on telling them, "Shut up! I don't want to hear it." But we have to remember that 30. Oh, black GOPs with have, Trump. He's a black Republican. No, he he's, he he doesn't like Trump. I mean, he likes him for the news cycle, but he he started out in the middle. But after all the stuff that's gone on, he's pretty much like, yeah, fuck Trump. But it's it's interesting to way it all falls down with the way things are going, and it, it's a cycle. But it's it's a cycle that I feel like is changing in the right direction, hopefully. But you have to remember that thirty percent of the white male Democrats uh, voted for Trump. You have to remember that 50% of the country didn't vote. And you have to remember that, uh, what was it, 25 or 30% of Latinos voted for Trump. But what if we took over that party? Um, And I I, I mean, if if, if Black America were to invade this party of of privilege and bigotry, uh, because we align ourselves with the with the moral views um the church i mean i I consider myself a conservative but not because i agree with everyone in the party but but because i believe in i talk about jesus too much you know um democrats see i I don't align myself with any party i vote them i put democrat on the box because that's what i have to check for the vote I don't align myself with any party. I consider myself a common sense party. I judge each mm-hmm. su- yeah, rational exactly. human like being. The post I put out, rational <laughs> human being. I don't judge any situation until I know all the facts. I'm not going to make a blanket judgment or thought process on anything. So my thought process is all of the stuff, all of the, the, the stuff that's been status quo has been changed with the way Trump is running things and doing things. You can't put the same formula onto what we're going through now so them trying to be the nice party and trying to you know play hard well they, they actually play hardball pretty well with the shutdown thing i'm waiting to see what's going to happen on the 15th of february but the democrats have too much infighting they're not willing to to uh yes. to get the progressive democrats in there and now you see what they're doing with uh uh camilla uh what's her last name Kamala Harris, Harris. they're the ones leaking all of this stuff. Everyone thinks it's the Republicans. It's the Democrats doing this like they Mm -hmm. did with Bernie. It's a black Exactly, and they have so much infighting. (laughs) Everybody with the Republicans, no matter how wrong they are, what do they do? They stand pat and they stand by their folks because they they could be on tape snorting coke, molesting a child, and they will still stand by them like, no, well, it wasn't him. You have to understand the context of the video. It's, it's they're loyal to a fault, even if they're wrong. And the Democrats, unfortunately... They're gang pretty members. much, yeah, pretty much. Pretty, I, I will not disagree <laughs> with you because this country has been built on. That's what trips me out about these folks that's in shock and all. Oh, just think about all the stuff that that 
has been gotten away with because the good old boy network or nepotism or that right. that's just the way things are. You know, you got to fall in line with the status quo because folks are scared to buck the people with power. Who are the people with power? Rich white men. That's why when he said make America great again, I knew what he was saying. When has this country been great for anyone besides a white man? Not for minorities, not for women, but it's been great for white men and nobody else. So when he said that, I knew what time it was. Right. Most definitely, man. Awesome perspective. We got to uh, come back together, and I'd love to have a uh, a, a real in-depth uh, conversation with you uh, about some politics. You no doubt, to do no that? doubt. I'm, uh, normally, Sundays is my chill day. Like I said, I prep for my weeks of shows and do my videos and commercials. But, yeah, we can definitely uh, do something on the regular. We can uh, put some stuff out there and let folks know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think people need to just hear – uh, the perspective, and they need to just hear somebody else's thoughts uh, sometimes. Organize their own and maybe make better decisions for everyone. I think that we have a tendency to think only about ourselves, but we don't We don't have that luxury. No one lives in a silo. Nobody lives alone. We live and we are in this together. So um, I definitely want to do that. Let's, uh, let's link up here. Um, we'll make it happen on a Sunday. Uh, before we go, do you have any uh, anything that you need to promote? Any social media handles sure, you want to share? Sure, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, tomorrow night, Monday night on Sports in the Hill podcast or True Radio Network. You can check us out on Facebook. Sports, just you can just hashtag Sports OTHP. Google us; it'll come up. We got a Facebook page, Instagram, Sports OTHP Apparel. That's our apparel line. If you wanted to cop some gear, uh, CP3, you can hashtag that. That'll take you to my Facebook page, my Twitter page. I Carol Porter on Instagram, Carol Porter the third on Facebook with three eyes, not the number three, just like the Yahoo. I mean, a YouTube channel, uh, uh, Twitter is uh, Tattoo Scorpio is my uh, hashtag on there. Uh, we have a show tomorrow night where we're previewing the Super Bowl and we're going to break down the Senior Bowl with Dujane Bland. I have some of his insights and some of the prospects coming out. We also actually have uh, a Facebook Live with the new Caps group that uh, my co-host Robbie just founded with the Caps group down from Australia that actually uh, they uh, mm. Nathan Walker, who joined the team last year, was the first Australian player ever drafted, play and win the Stanley Cup in the NHL. So Australia has opened up the Capitals country because of uh, the Capitals having him. So Robbie has uh, opened up a group down there. Where we're actually doing a Facebook Live tomorrow night, live on air. Well, it'll be 9 o'clock in the morning there, but it'll be 7, it'll be 7.30 here. And he's actually the owner of the group, Chris McCray. He'll be on uh, talking about his love for the cast and how they got involved in it or whatever. And then uh, Wednesday night, our show on WLVS, we'll have our Super Bowl roundtable with myself, DC People's Champ, and Brittany Donald of uh, Unscripted with Bruce Johnson. She's uh, from giving a fan perspective. We're going to break down all the storylines and narratives of the Super Bowl from the Patriots and the Rams perspective. Uh, Thursday night, I'll have my uh, boxing, MMA, and a little bit more Super Bowl talk on uh, True Radio Network at 9, uh, 9 o'clock. We'll be talking about the Manny Pacquiao, Adrian Broner debacle when Manny put them 40-year-old hands <laughs> on him. And uh, just be on the lookout. Uh, we'll be all over the place, True Radio Network. Check us out. You know, Check out the Facebook page. Hashtag True Radio Network is going to come up. You're going to see us. You're going to hear us. Love us, like us, hate us, despise us. It don't make a difference because you will see us. Before 
I, uh, I, I let you go, y'all. And before I ask uh, Carol's uh, prediction for the Super Bowl, check out that live uh, broadcast uh, from Down Under. Uh, he said it's going to be 7.30 Eastern yes, Standard Time. Uh, definitely check that out. Uh, that sounds like a dope event. Uh, Rams, Patriots. Who you got? I cannot. I'm on a, I'm on a record. I knew it. I, I knew it. go against the hoodie and Brady. Yeah. I said that against the Chiefs yeah. when everybody was like, oh, the Chiefs going to demolish and the Chiefs going to punish and they're going to run all over them. And we saw what happened. Belichick is a genius. Brady is the greatest of all time if he gets this sixth Super Bowl. And I don't see – I mean, it's going to be interesting. There's so many – like I said, I don't want to give too much away from my Wednesday show, but there's so many narratives in this right. game just with the – the old guard and the new guard, you know, Sean McVay is the youngest coach to ever win a playoff game and make it to the Super Bowl. You got Bill Belichick and Brady. He's the oldest quarterback to start the Super Bowl going for a sixth one. So there's so many storylines that we're going to get into Wednesday night. So, But I, I can't go against the Patriots until I see it done. I actually thought the Chiefs had a shot to beat them with their defense the way I've been playing. But you give Brady a minute and a half with time on the clock to go down there with three timeouts here. You're going to get a tie game, and if you get the ball in overtime, well, there's no overtime in the Super Bowl, but in the playoffs, then, yeah, then there's sudden death in the Super Bowl. There ain't no uh, first possession score. So it's, I think it's going to be a great game because it's going to be a great chess match, but uh, I can't go against the Patriots. All right, y'all heard it here first. Um, I thank you so much for taking the time out. If anyone wants to uh, keep up with me on social media, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Chubby Idris Elba, two Bs. Till the next show. Peace.